Hello, this is Josh McCowan from Renault Winery Resort, and we have a very important announcement from Matt Sorensen about Learn and Grow, August 24th. Take it away, Matt. I'm Matt Sorensen from Directed IRA. I'm excited to be the keynote speaker at the Learn and Grow event for Accountable Equity on August 23rd and 24th. Got to book your tickets and get registered. I'm excited to be there and to meet you in person. Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and you're listening to Capital Hacking. This is the most important thing you can listen to today. It's uh, basically a 240 by 50 building, and it's 12,000 square feet, which is right underneath the sprinkler limit, right? That's always the key. Keep the expenses low. for being with me today as we go into a crazy episode. What a guest we have today, Mark Kuhn. This guy, he started in 1994, earning an income of $1 an hour. Yeah, and then every year he got a dollar raise. Until today, when he owns 200 units, multiple companies, and has some surprise elements to his story, I would say. I mean, his pivot was insane. He left his job or got fired in 2010, started his own construction company, Mac Construction, which now has over 25 million in revenue annually with over 200 units. And he created something that's going to get dropped on this episode. Yeah. So to wrap up here at the intro, so you stay till the end, he's going to teach you several things. One, it's one of those shows where where we do a deep dive, a real dive. We go into one of his deals. He explains how he does it. We'll go into his business. As John said, it's called luxury storage. And I know a lot of these shows talk about self-storage is a great place to invest. This is a rare new take on an industry that everybody's heard about already. You'll be surprised. Follow to the end. Two, he teaches you how to do a contract deed transfer that is a whole type of creative economy, he calls it, a creative deal structure. As a matter of fact, what did he talk about there? We're going into a... Oh, we're going into a creative economy. It's not a bad economy. It's a creative economy. It's a, it's a state of mind, guys. It's how you think about it. So those are all the, the tidbits. You know, we really asked Mark to go slowly through his chronology of his life because I thought it's going to help you tap into a different part of his life, whether it's his dad who had the concrete deliveries down to a wheelbarrow and wouldn't waste a dollar, not even $2 on his son's hourly wage, all the way to big thinking. But you're going to hear... The guy is a lot like you and I, and I want you to take away the positives of that from that story. Let's go. Welcome to the big show, Mark Kuhn. So excited to have you on the show, Mark. Can you please just start rolling, rolling? We're, we're, we're going right in today. Mark, can you give us some of your backstory? Yeah. So my story is basically, you know what? I started out at a dollar an hour with dad a little bit and I saw that it was 1994. How old were you then? Seemed like yeah, a young so guy. I was six, six years old. And uh, dad amazing. was basically, you know, the mentor growing up. Parents were divorced at the beginning of this. So it was just, dad just learned he knew concrete. <laughs> so my path right. ran down the world of concrete. 
And that guy, you know, you think as the son of your dad and whatever, you would be probably treated pretty well in the business. Well, that wasn't my case. It wasn't my fortunate. (laughs) So, but anyway, yeah, dad ended up being really hard on me. Basically learned he was the cheapest guy that you have ever met in your life. I mean, this guy literally would make me straighten nails and put them back in the coffee can so we could reuse them. (laughs) <laughs> so you, you kind of know what kind of guy, you know, he, I, I remember him telling me he's, he, his proudest moments were when he ordered concrete. So this is a big concrete truck, right? Full of concrete. He'd order to the wheelbarrow. Like he would Ooh. literally order and make sure the grade and, and the forms were set perfectly. So he knew exactly how much concrete because Every concrete yard is hundred bucks, whatever. It was like, he's like, that's my whole labor for the day saving. So just a very unique gentleman as far as like very cheap, very efficient. Right. Yeah. So that was just his mentality. And, and is he with you in any of your companies today? Yeah, no, you know what? So the script flipped, right. And we'll kind of get into that, but he, he basically ran so lean, never leveraged people, never leveraged, you know, a big mindset. He invested in cash. Yeah. <laughs> which is not a great investment probably to your audience. You know, he hoards cash. That's what that's, that was his plan. And and maybe that's what his dad told him to do. I don't know. I, I still haven't got out in this day why he just has a safe full of cash, but that's his path. <laughs> well, that's it. I love all that backstory, dad. I hope you're listening. We love you. Yeah, and if you don't yeah. want to give out your address, I understand because you have a safe full of cash. <laughs> it's a very dangerous idea. Do not give out your address on this podcast because everyone's listening in your town, your entire yeah. town. No, but Mark, here's the thing I know about you now, right? You have Mac construction, you have Mac capital and you have CK agency. So something must have happened there. Would you share with us what happened since those days? Yeah. So kind of back to the story a little bit. I've worked for my dad making a dollar an hour every year. I got another dollar an hour. So when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, I'm making money now. Right. And my dad said, you know what? You got to go to college. You have to go to college because you don't want to be doing this for the rest of your life. Well, we're pouring concrete. It's not the funnest job. So I kind of went into needing to make money and I almost had to find a path other than my dad's. I said, there's got to be a better way. And so we ended up actually colliding with dad and I, we just stopped working. I couldn't, I needed to take the company to another direction for it to grow and for me to take it over from him. But we could never align on a path because I was just a kid and I didn't know anything. Right. That's the most teach. So, you know what? I went to college for four years. I did what he told me to do. I went for four years and I'm still 15 credits away. I got a W-2 job. I thought that was the path, right? Like that's, this is what the dream is. Buy a house. I didn't know. I, I, I grew up in a trailer park. So buying a house, like this was all the American dream for for yeah. me and what I thought was the American dream. So guys, I bought a house and then I, I got fired from my job, like literally in the same week. Wow. So <laughs> got my new girlfriend, got a new house. and Good thing you didn't get fired a week before you settled on that house. <laughs> yeah, so it closed. That was the time where you got like seven or eight grand or whatever from the government in 08, 09 there. And <laughs> they give you some money to buy your first first house. So I, I was like, well, what do I do now? I kind of turned into like maybe the drug addict that like had to find money somehow because that's kind of what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. I had to find how to pay the payment on this thing. So girlfriend's dad owned a business, had a, had a guy that needed a job done. I went back to construction. I was 
that's what I knew, right? So I decided on kind of used his tools, did the job, made some money, made the payments on the house and started storing some cash. And then he hired me for more stuff and more people in this town kind of gave me work. Guys, and then I kind of decided, I was like, well, maybe let's let's go all in. And I started uh, Mac Construction. That's kind of where I started in 2010. And uh, that is a fight. So, and I'll, I'll kind of get back to where Mac Capital and CK Agency, because that was the biggest turning point of all of this. Mm. Being in construction is not the funnest thing. I'll tell you that. You get beat up. It's difficult to to stay. You know, you get three steps ahead and you get kicked 12 steps back sometimes. And mm. I really just kept fighting and kept focusing and kept like in the bigger path. I was trying to make a company, hiring a couple people each year, but I did all this and I kept going. And then in 2017, I started running into health problems. I realized I was doing too much. I was starting to take my dad's, what I learned from dad, just do more work, make more money. And in 2017, I had kind of health, health problems, more or less. I, I get anxiety. I couldn't sleep. I had the night sweats. I, I wasn't in good shape. I wasn't healthy. I didn't do anything physically other than work concrete, which is good. And in 2017, I found a guy named Grant Cardone, which I guess you guys could probably all yeah. guess who that is today. I Uncle think it's really. <laughs> so I was in tough shape, man. In 2017, I took, I was just in tough shape. I, I didn't know what to do. I found Grant Cardone. I think I mentioned real estate by an iPhone and, you know, the guy was spending so much marketing that he popped up. And I remember the first video that I watched from him, it was something about something about what those super wealthy do or how the super wealthy get rich. And, and it, that's where it changed from my mentality of doing more work, making more money to how to keep money, kind of unfollowing the herd. Sure. And so in 2017, I turned that business into more of a developing company, started trying to figure out how to keep these properties I was building for other people, yeah. investment properties. And basically in 2018, I bought my first development, kind of just kept on the 20 on the Grant Cardone. I mean, he'd speak to me, right? No different than your guys' podcasts. You guys do a phenomenal job. It's like these things, these podcasts and all this learning just speaks to me. Yeah. I don't even know. And then like in 2017, watching him, he triggered it. And then I went all in on podcasts, books, courses, spending money on coaching and Man, that's that's life changing stuff. I wish more people would take that flip because I was on a bad path there at the beginning. Lead us through. I love the direction we're going here with 2017. You know, you're coming to the realization of, hey, you know, I've been told my whole life to get past. You just got to push, right? To work, work harder, work harder, work harder to solve problems. And then you're coming across Grant Cardone. You're reading books and podcasts, and you're understanding how to leverage money and how to have money make money, right? So I know a lot of your story. So how did you pivot right there? Could you tell us between, because your story just accelerates from your bio, man, from, from 2017 to 2020, you just crushed it. Yeah, you know, I think going back to that education piece, like I literally deleted Netflix and I bought YouTube premium. I remember doing that. I was like, that, you know, it's, it's worth it now watching the ads. I was just, I think in 2018, that's the year I read like 50 books. Like I was just all in on trying. I, I think it was like survival, like no different than I had to make the house payment. It was like survival for me. I had to figure out how this company to operate itself. And then I had to figure out how to keep 
some of these assets, right? Like I, I absolutely life or death, I felt that I had to make sure I could build some wealth because my, my knees were going to wear out my back. Was, I mean, in 2017, I've been doing concrete since I was six. So that would have been 27 years of concrete work. It just takes a toll on you. And concrete work is is not where you are. <laughs> going from concrete worker to investor was a, probably a long stretch, but I started, I started understanding what the super wealthy did. I think I just started at that point. Like I, I kind of used the term on follow the herd. And that's kind of what my newsletter is about is how do you pivot? How do you start keeping money and, and making money with that money and, and just not following the common path of going to college, working hard, climbing the corporate ladder, right? Like we've all been, we've all heard that. That's not the path nowadays. The path is to accumulate assets, generate passive income and, and make money during it, but not making money in the conventional way, making money through, you know, maybe doing work, but leveraging people, other people's time, not me necessarily doing all the work I'm leveraging by teaching now my path. So it's, you know, I, I just, I just went all in on conferences to books, podcasts, courses, spending money on myself really increased my skill set. So, you know, you're doing a great job of what I love about this show is it's so different than a lot of shows. You know, we're really kind of entering into your life here for a few moments, which I appreciate. So we're at, at this point of all the different education, because you've, you kind of nailed that. Which one do you think was the one that helped you really get on this path? Yeah. No, that's, what are the brand it. names of other shows or, or businesses that you followed at that time? Yeah. I, you know, I think at that time, 2017, it's not that far ago, but it was like bigger pockets. You, I yeah. just started running into these. I just started, I, what I really noticed, like you read 50 books, you're not going to pull all the content. It probably wasn't no. the best approach to take. I just started doing volume. <laughs> but what I did start to notice was why I noticed patterns, you know, I, I like bigger pockets and buying your first real estate deal. Like you can do these things. And I had the limiting belief that like for me to buy a million dollar deal, like it just was never going to happen. Like that's what I do when I'm 60. Like you just can't do that. So then I started, you know, bigger pockets, Grant Cardone, you know, big thinker and started kind of blending these together. I realized, no, it is very possible that, that it's actually possible for anybody at any income level. You just have to be creative. And then that's really when I started getting creative and creative deals, which I, I like doing deals. That's like my strong suit today. I, I started understanding I didn't even have to go and get some of the loan for these. I assumed some loans. I oh, I got wow. creative. We're kind of going into this creative economy right now with the recession happening. Yeah. But that's kind of, you know, some of the biggest things was, I, I really have to say like Grant Cardone really changed my okay. mindset. But then I, I just noticed these patterns in these books of right. people. That's good. Mark, so since you started this journey, let's say 2017, 2018, how many units have you acquired? Yeah, so we're up to today, we're up to 200 units. And we have about 100,000 square feet of commercial and luxury storage, we're going to call it because we're kind of using a heated storage unit. We're in the Midwest. So they're larger heated storage. That is important. Yeah. Now, with these 200 units, are any of them grouped into a large multifamily building or are they a lot of single families? What are they? Yeah, so we actually, I think the smallest is like eight and the largest is like, 36. So okay. that's kind of the blend. They're all in one market. And we just kind of, this is where we built up. And this is just the last two years. Basically, so, we've done this. You know, we'll take a pivot here in the show because now we're going to force you. I hope you have your seatbelt on, brother. 
because I know you drive fast. So now I, I was a concrete guy, by the way. I was a Where? concrete guy for four years, building concrete basements with the forms. That is tough as nails work. I definitely appreciate it now that I think back to all the different construction we've done since then. But let's start with some deal analysis. Yeah. All right. Since you're a teacher, Mark, you got this. You got a, I think you have a newsletter called Unfollow the Herd. Yeah. But by the way, yeah. unfollow is typically what I do whenever I'm on a, an email list and I want to unfollow yeah. or unsubscribe. So unfollow the herd is your newsletter. So now we're going to make you be a teacher in real time. So yeah. let's go over a creative deal. And I think you coined the expression, we're, good, we're heading into a creative economy. Let's go yeah. over a deal, maybe your last creative deal that you're proud of. Let's start. Yeah. Yep. All right. So yeah, one of the last deals we did, it's a 36-unit building. We're actually just negotiating it right now. Final negotiations going on right now. But we are basically bringing in contract for deed because at this point in the economy, almost... This is the best time to do deals, by the way. This kind of economy is where you can assume some debt in a contract for deed case. We've also ask the seller to, we will buy half the entity, he will carry some of the entity. And we're using basically a principal only approach, paying him down. And and we're tying it to the note length. So the, the note is about in five years. So in five years, we will have him at refinance point, he'll be completely bought out and we will refinance the property 100%. Okay, wait, there's a lot of confusing expressions there, right? Because our yeah. listeners, this is an alternative investing audio mastermind it's called Capital okay. Hacking. We talk about everything from passive investments to make sure taxes are treated the way they should be, which is minimized. Yeah. And we talk about active investing. You're in this other kind of like active, you invite bet passives in, but these deal terms you're using, we don't use so much. So okay. we're going to deep dive. No listener left behind. Contract for deed. Never heard it before. What does it mean? Yeah. So contract for deed is basically where the property owner would deed over the property you based on terms, creative terms that you can come up with to satisfy them. And the reason you would use a contract for deed is basically because that owner wants a certain price. They will not come off price. So when you would use a contract for deed, when it's the seller's price, but your terms and you Hold can on flip a second. A lot of times what I hear you saying sounds a lot like seller financing, where they own a $200,000 thing and you say, you keep the $200,000 loan and I'll start paying you monthly. Is there a difference between what I just said and what you're talking about? Seller financing would be, I'd say similar in action. So right now, the biggest problem with seller financing versus contract for deed is some of these banks don't want to give up these cheap loans to a different entity. So you have to buy the entity and actually contract for deed instead of seller finance. Yeah. So you're buying the LLC and then working the rest out with the seller. Correct. Yeah. That's, you know, some banks will let you loan assume, but banks are starting to not want to give up these cheap loans to new buyers. So does that mean Billy Bob, whose name might be on that debt as a personal guarantee, stays as the, he has the personal guarantee, even though you bought his LLC? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's still on the debtor. We we can second it. The bank could ask for that, but usually the bank doesn't even know this is happening. Okay. Happens all the time. <laughs> Hi, this is Melanie McCallan. Josh and I are just so grateful for the many investors who have already joined us at Accountable Equity. Accountable Equity is so much more than a capital group. It's really a community of accredited investors that want to learn and grow together. I just want to personally invite you, if you want to find out more about this type of investment and see if it's right for you and your family, please visit us at accountableequity.com. 
Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Melanie McCallan. Josh and I are just so grateful for the many investors who already joined us at Accountable Equity. Accountable Equity is so much more than a capital group. It's really a community of accredited investors that want to learn and grow together. I just want to personally invite you, if you want to find out more about this type of investment and see if it's right for you and your family, please visit us at accountableequity.com. You can fill out the contact form. We'll get right back to you and see if this is a great fit for you and your family. We'd love to meet you. We look forward to learning about you please visit us at accountableequity.com. Hey, this is Matt Sorensen, author of the Self-Directed IRA Handbook, CEO at Directed IRA. You're listening to the best podcast, the Cap Lacking Podcast. Hey, it's Hal Elrod, author of The Miracle Morning, and you're listening to Capital Hacking. Enjoy. Well, okay, I like that. We'll put a We'll put that off to the side. We have a new skill. It's called Capital Hacking's Contract for Deed Training Program. We just taught it. You guys are all experts now. We've christened you Contract for Deed Pros. Now let's move on to assume. Well, no, that's assuming the debt using a contract for deed in a commercial model. I like it. And then you came up with another thing that you're the first person on the show to say this in hundreds of shows. We designed the payment structure to be a principal-only paydown. Yeah. So describe that because that's the opposite of what I hear most of the time. Yeah. So in a typical situation, and I'll I'll tell you why I came to this, which is pretty interesting. But I I was negotiating this last deal, and everyone's always done the hey, I'll give you five percent interest only on your carry back financing, right, right, right? Right. That's typical. But I was actually watching. Uh, here's the podcast. They're paying off again. Pace Morby, his subject to method is. Everyone knows the story about his F-150 truck and the principal pay down. But instead of interest only, he said, we're going to go principal only. Now, the seller's still winning. He's getting his price, right? That's the thing we're trying to solve. If they won't come off price, just make the terms the best you can. So instead of interest only, when we're at principal only, save yourselves another, another pretty big group of cash to refinance him out. So you're not paying interest on this loan that they're giving you? No, it's going straight toward every payment we agree on is going towards the principal. Wow. So it's 0% interest. Have you gone full cycle on a few of these deals in the past? This is my very last deal that I went principal only on <laughs> before I was paying interest. You know, I usually would match the terms of the terms of like the original note. So if it was a 4% note, I would just say, hey, we'll do interest only at 200 grand and match interest only payments at 4%. So I might have missed something there because you're assuming the LLC it has hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. You're saying I'll make the monthly payments on that two that hundreds of thousands, right? And now you're saying, but I'll only do principal pay down. See, that lost me a little bit because okay. you still got to pay the debt that's on the building, I would have thought. Correct. Yeah. We're still paying the debt. So we take over the we assume the debt payments. If they're PI, whatever they are, you know, we we're assuming the debt payments, but we're paying towards the contract for deed as a principal-only payment instead of an interest-only payment. It. We understand yeah. now. So for those listeners who got lost in the weeds like I did, he means if he bought a building for $400,000, that was the price the, the family wanted or the people wanted, but it only had $200,000 worth of debt, he took $200,000 extra or the $200,000 that he th- theoretically should have, handed, should have handed them in cash. Mm-hmm. But he didn't hand them cash. He gave them another loan document of some sort and he paid just the principal on that. Is that did I do an okay job explaining that, Mark? 
It's pretty close. I think I think they get the concept, yeah. And it's it's really just going from interest only to principal only. Yeah. So just another little trick. Pace Morby, I can I can use him for that. <laughs> that was because this this deal got pretty creative because the bank. You know, you said Pace Morbley is a trainer on subject two. Did you use his training ever? Have you ever been part of it? No. I've never done Pace Morby's training. I actually okay. will see him here next week at the Tykes event for Ryan Pineda. Okay. So, but what you did there, and this is something my buddy uh, Ryan Ink always talks about, is you arbitraged. And this is capital hacking, man. This is the idea that there's so many great ideas out there. Let's shove them into different applications. You took yeah. an application from a different concept overlaid it into the idea of buying properties with little to nothing down. And you kind of arbitraged a different strategy that really worked. And that's how wealth is created. I believe, you know, is you definitely didn't follow the herd on that one. <laughs> it was about as uncommon as it gets, but yeah, I, I enjoy coming up with these deal models. And I think the syndication space is, it has to be creative. You think anyway. it was the concrete dust in your lungs that helped you get so smart. I mean, those are pretty like, what, <laughs> tell me about how your mind is a deal mind, even though you were out there doing concrete all those years, that's impressive. Yeah. You, you know, with concrete, you got one shot at it. <laughs> it's for sure going to get, you know, it's going to get hard and it's going to crack. Usually that's the old saying, but with deal structures, I, you know, I always live in the visionary way that I see everything as an optimist and where people see maybe just nothing, you know, I see opportunity and I always feel like there's a will, there's a way there with some of that. So some of my guys even think I'm a little bit crazy, but I tell them, here's how we're going to re-strategize and present it to the owner. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And what Get Josh said that, you know, wealth being created, wealth is created through creativity, right? And I love that we were talking about the economy and everybody says, oh, well, we're headed for a downturn. Things are going to get bad. It's going to be a bad economy. But how about everything in life is what you think of it, right? And and how you spin it in your own brain. So we created that. We're, we're not going into a bad economy. We're going into a creative economy. You know, coming out of 2008, a lot of people made a lot of money. And I was one of them that was fortunate to just, I was, I had properties prior to went upside down, like most people did who had them. And then I just kept buying after 2008, 2009, 2010. And a lot of my wealth was built during that time because it was a creative economy. Yeah. So Mark, can you tell us a little bit about CK agency and what they do? I see they manage multi-units, they manage self-storage. Yeah. Let's, let's go into that. Yeah. So in my market, like I said, we're in the Midwest. I'm, I'm from North Dakota. So there, the options are a little more limited up here. And property management is something you have to learn by doing. I think it's no, no different than when you start at the very forefront of your investing career. Everyone needs to learn property management. And this was my best opportunity to... CK is actually my wife's initials. And awesome. bless her soul, she gets to run that. <laughs> <laughs> so she kind of takes care. I get the deals under contract. You know what? She cares for the deals, fills the deals and makes sure they're operating at true like efficiency and operational. So that's kind of where CK agency lands in that, in that whole portfolio. That's great. And and what are some of your big goals coming up, you know, in 2023, but not just 2023 over the next five years, where do you see yourself going? Yeah. So in 2023 and in the future, we're really going after units pretty hard. Like I said, this is the best time if you're just beginning to a season fed. I mean, this, this is opportunity time for us. This is the time we waited for, right? It's coming up. So 
you know, 23, we're open to take down about 400 units of multifamily. We we're going to develop probably 200 and then probably acquire a couple hundred. And then we're going to develop about 50,000 square feet of luxury storage in the Midwest here, North Dakota, South Dakota. When you say luxury storage, what does that mean? Yeah. Break down the deal. Break down the deal. Yeah. So luxury storage. So this is what I call it, but they're like, 20 by 50 units. We all know housing's getting more dense these days. It's harder to have exterior buildings and people have a lot of stuff. So as people downgrade in homes, we build these, these larger units and, and in the Midwest, they have heat so they don't freeze. And, you know, we can get anywhere from around nine bucks a foot. So six, 700 bucks. And they come with like two lights and an outlet and wow. one operator. So they're four, they're 16 feet tall. So they have a big door and we have a lot of success in the Midwest with those well, style. Break units. it down. We're talking about, I mean, we're talking about a storage unit park, right? So you're there, yeah. there's a whole commercial. Is this a building that you designed or are these like one of those steel structures that you can, because I imagine with the world of multi, what do you call that storage, self-storage, it, it's become pretty commoditized. There's a, a nice way it's done. You pour the concrete pad. There's these nice buildings. A lot of them are HVAC controlled right now. Sounds yeah. like you're saying it's like that, only big enough for a boat to be parked in there. Or it's a thousand square truck. feet. That's what I was just doing. It's a thousand square feet. And then high, how high? What, what's the ceiling height? Yeah. So the so it's 16 feet high. So wow. Yeah. We adapt to anybody trucking. Your house in there. Yeah. So it, tell me about ha- that. So tell me what it looks like if I were to look on the internet. Is it a whole 100 of these set up next to each other? What does it look like? Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, basically a... 240 by 50 building and it's 12,000 square feet, which is right underneath the sprinkler limit, right? That's always the key. Keep the expenses low. These work really well where utilities are hard to reach, where you can find efficient land. No different than self-storage, but yeah, they're just big buildings. They're all in a row. And yeah, they have one big overhead door and one side door. Very, very simple. So do you break up the interior partitions differently? Like one of those buildings is how many of us people? You rent it. Yep. So there's 13. We actually fit 13 units in each. Okay. That's pretty cool. 40 by 50 building. And you designed all this or did you borrow? Is this a, is there, this model exists already or did you create it? I don't think it, it probably exists. It just didn't exist with heat, lights, and an outlet. And it's an all inclusive type rental. So it's still considered storage, but it's in the gray area where you're almost turning into a contractor shop. So you can kind of get a premium for storage but you're way less expensive than like a contractor shop. So that's kind of a, they insure way cheaper. They still come with a good rental amount of good, a good like revenue more than self-storage, but they insure cheap. Like there's just a lot of expenses that when you're in storage versus contractor shop, <laughs> it's a big gray area. Yeah. What, what is the brand called? Do you, have you named this? Well, and we call it Mega Max storage. There you go. <laughs> Mega Max. I like it. Yeah, anything that rhymes, right? So I have a I have a truck that's really large, and uh, that's kind of the used in the piece. We can just basically kind of considered large storage, and that's kind of all we do. We I haven't done any self storage facilities, but this Mega Mac is there a waiting list to get involved? Like as a renter, is there because it's not a normal market, right? Yep. Normally, self storage, you go online, and there's probably a whole database of people that want to rent your place. Yeah. Apartments, there's a whole database. There's a group of people that always want your space. But this you've created. So how do you get clients? What's your methodology of client acquisition? Yeah, so we actually still use almost like a self-storage type website, Easy Solutions, or um, I, I think right now we actually have it in our app folio. But people can rent them with a credit card. They can lease them for six months, three months, a year. 
And we just try to make it super easy on people because these are larger storage units, you know, nine bucks a foot versus probably half of that for, for regular storage. So I think if you can just get the path of least resistance, and that was kind of my, our take when we rented these, we've had a lot of success with them. We rent them as fast as we can build them. Wow. So at nine bucks a square foot, and you're about a thousand square feet. So you're talking 900 plus 12 or 13. So you're looking at like around 11,000 and change a month, right? So what are the spreads? Like, what does it cost you to purchase something like this, fit it out, put the pad down and all these self-storage unit pieces are? Can you talk about that a little bit? This is interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the development piece on that, like, let's say it's a with land and everything, I built three 240 by 50 buildings. So it's 36,000 square feet of storage. It turned out to be 39 units. The units are about 18 and a half by 50. And basically it was about a million bucks a building with land. And we get a, just over nine bucks a square foot to lease these things out. So we get about 695 to 750. Didn't we're actually already increasing the rents because we're really, we can't even build them fast enough and people are filling them. So no, that's good. That's a good problem. Did you say a million dollars? Let's break it down for the land. Yeah. Yep. Land price. Yep. So land's about 650,000. Okay. 650. Then you built the buildings from soup to nuts, from, from concrete to building to everything. Yeah. It was like two and a quarter. Wow. Okay. So the build was 2.25. And so you're under two, you're under seven, three million. Yeah, you got you got some architect fees and and civils surveying. How did you get energy if you're not near the grid? Are you doing everything self generated? What are you doing? There's power on site. There's electrical and uh, gas. We've got to get gas too because we all remember we're heating these ones. So that number of revenue always includes all inclusive heat. And are you doing what radium? How are you doing heat? What's the most cheap way to do heat for this? So the cheapest way to heat them is actually just use two furnaces and probably put one on each end and then heat them. But depending upon regulation codes, different things, we actually on these particular units had to heat them with individual burners. It was about half the money of doing floor heat. Floor heat isn't an efficient way. It's just expensive input costs. And the way the economy was there here this summer, late summer, it was tough to get anything tough to get boilers. So we ended up going to individual heaters for each unit and they're locked out at 55 degrees. It's awesome. So, yeah. S- scaling 400 units in 2023. Are you syndicating this? Yep. So we're syndicating multifamily development and multifamily acquisitions as well as the storage. It's great. Well, it's been fun talking to you, buddy. And I want to hear more about as you sign off and let us know how to follow up with you. Unfollow the herd. Unfollow the herd. <laughs> <laughs> As we wrap, because we have just another 30 seconds or so, just how do they find that and how do they find you? Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn. That's where most people will find me. It's Mark with a C, Kuhn, K-U-H-N. You can also subscribe to our newsletter on there on Follow the Herd. Find me on Instagram, markkuhn.mac and YouTube. I also have a YouTube channel where I can uh, I update with how some of these developments and different different products we have. We appreciate you, buddy. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Mark. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Damn straight. We got (laughs) to the end of another great show. And everyone listening right now, you're the family. Family and friends, thanks for staying till the end. That was so fun. And hey, hit the like. Hit subscribe. We're here to serve you guys. That's why we're doing this show. Josh is not paying me. I'm doing this off of my quote-unquote sweat equity because we want to make a difference in your life. And then that ripple effect will continue to touch the world. 
Hey, amen, brother. Please check us out on capitalhacking.com, all the social media threads. And yes, I know you've probably already sent this episode to one of your best friends. Thank you. We love you. <laughs> Just go right into your iPhone, hit the plus symbol. We'll talk to you later. See you next week. Share, share, share. <laughs>